Hello to you glorious beings that are all looking for enlightenment, truth, love, vitality, fulfillment, bliss, and all the things in between. Hopefully, I can provide some of that for you on this quest that we call Simba's Quest. Today, I have a very interesting topic for you, and that is unwinding the seriousness of spirituality. That's right, taking the seriousness out of it, because it ain't that serious. It's actually one great cosmic giggle. And when you realize that, you will be chuckling all the way to your deathbed. (laughs) So, we're going to go over some what's, some why's, some how's, and something that I learned as a child called the five thieves of spirituality. And how they steal love, life, common sense, and connection from your life. So, let us begin. Spirituality ain't that serious. Yep, you heard it first from here, from me, because it ain't that serious. You don't need to be serious to be spiritual at all, not in any essence. Spirituality has no costume. You don't need to don clergy garb. You don't need to wear a turban. You don't need to wear any sort of outfit that denotes that you are a man of spirit. You're a woman of spirit. You can dress however the hell you want to dress and be deeply connected to spirit. In truth, we are all spiritual. The etymology of the word spirituality actually means that the flesh and the tangible reality is imbued with God. God is running through your veins, running through your body, running through your flesh. And now let's make sure we understand when I use the word God, I use it universally. God can mean to another the universe, the great mystery, the Nawal, as the Mexican Toltec people would say, Vaheguru, as the northern Indian people would say, the great mystery, the great cosmic giggle, the divine, the divinity, you, yourself, everybody, all things. This can be God, right? It doesn't need to be one label. You know, the Islamics call it Allah. You know, very common term. There's lots of different ways of denoting the magic that is inherent in life. The thing that is unseen, that is the white dove that gives you life. That is in all things, that resides in all things. That is an expression of itself that is manifesting through the world, through the universe, constantly showing up in many different forms. So... Spirituality has no costume. You don't need to dress in a certain way. You don't need to outwardly express in any way. You don't need to seriously sit in cross-legged pretzel-like positions. You don't need to be extra super mindful and pray and meditate all day long. This is not necessary to be a man or woman of spirit. It doesn't come with this connection. This is not what spirituality means. Spirituality is actually all in the commonness of life. It's all in the magic that is within the mundane. It it resides within awareness. So one can only realize that there is more than meets the eye, which is essentially one of the hallmarks or functions of spirituality. There's more to the world than meets the eye. There's something out there, something more than just the five senses of taste, smell, hearing, seeing, touch. 
there's more to life, there's more to reality, there's more to reality than the tangibleness of what we can animal instinctly experience. So developing the awareness of this can involve practices like meditation. We don't need to be cross-legged, pretzel-like. There's, you know, quite a few different forms of meditation. You can do a walking meditation, which is more in line with connecting to problem-solving. So as you walk, you problem-solve. You know, walking meditation has been used universally through many cultures to problem-solve. As you walk, you consider a problem and you slowly unwind it with each footstep, with each movement through space, just like you're moving through a problem, you're walking through a problem. So that's a beautiful way of considering walking meditation. The next would be a sitting meditation, which is all about connecting to the inner whisper or the inner intelligence that is inherent within all of us. This could be considered the great mystery, the Nawal, the universe, God, you're reciting, connecting to God. And the laying meditation, it's all about healing, opening the heart, it's all about recovering, recuperating, connecting to softness, laying on the floor, recovering, healing. It's more of a healing meditation. And then you have another, which is the standing meditation. It's all about alertness in a relaxed format. Being erect, standing tall, encountering the world, meditating to meditating for the purpose of engaging with the world in a, a relaxed alertness. So the four styles of meditation, standing, sitting, laying, and walking. So these are good ways of embodying spirituality in a sense. You don't need to be cross-legged. You don't need to hit the lotus position. You don't need to be in any wild, crazy gymnastic movement that requires abundance of flexibility, even though these things help because physicality is also an expression of the body and spirit and mind's limberness to encountering life in the tangible essence. So tangibly, working on movement, I'm a, if anyone knows me, I'm a massive advocate of moving and moving well and connecting to the body and the physical realm for that can be a conduit to the spirit world. That can be a connection to the mental and emotional elasticity, looseness, ability to work through problems. When you're tight, you're rigid, and you're tense all the time, then you forgo a lot of these metaphysical aspects of yourself because they get trapped within the body. So unwinding the seriousness of spirituality, you don't need to be a clergyman. You don't need to have a costume. You don't need to have a title. You don't need to have any of these things to be spiritual. You need to be aware of the magic of the mundane and sometimes inviting some softness, some stillness, some quiet time, some introspective time is all you need in order to create this within your life. You know, I always refer to this, these two examples. When you wash the dishes, be mindful of each stroke. Think of it as magic. Think of it as a, da as a dance. A dance of divinity. Each stroke each stroke, each bubble that's created with the soap. Notice how the water hits the sponge and hits the plate. Notice how your fingers interrelate with the water, the sponge and the plate. Notice each stroke. Imagine Bach or Beethoven playing in the background, a great symphony as you wipe these dishes clean. 
These are all the beautiful, magical, mundane moments that are inherent of spirituality. You know, and I would say someone who is enjoying the process of mundane tasks such as watching, washing the dishes or sweeping the floor is as connected to spirit as one that sits on top of a mountain and meditates. Enjoying what life has to offer, enjoying what's in front of you. How much can you shorten the spaces in between experiencing the magic of life? If you can shorten the spaces where you see and are aware of the magic that is constantly within you and within everything, this is spirituality. You know, and constantly reminding yourself, having reminders. This is where physical practice comes into play. This is where stillness, meditation, this is where movement, connection, this is where learning to open up the heart and the pieces and parts of yourself so that you can attend to your inner life, the inner work. Letting go of bad habits, thoughts, behaviors that do not serve you. Healing and learning to love deeper. Integrating the shadow and distasteful parts of you are also part of spirituality. You know, life ain't that serious. Once you realize that the magic is always there, and it's sometimes hard because we forget, right? We forget the magic is always there. We forget that we're constantly surrounded and we constantly are the magic. So don't get stuck in ideology. Don't get stuck in one way of doing things. Don't get stuck in a costume. Don't get stuck in a practice. Be broad. Use broad vision to see past all of this. Don't get narrow visioned. Spirituality is all about the broad. It's about encompassing all elements of humanity, not only the love and the light, but also sometimes the darkness and the shadow. Balancing the two. In the da in Taoism, they always say balance is the key to bliss, life, vitality. Walking the line between the yin and the yang is God. Walking the line between the yin and yang is the ultimate divine. You know, it's where you feel the most connected to yourself and everything in between, above and below. So, as I said, find the magic in the mundane. If there's one thing you get out of this monologue and it's just me chatting whatever comes to my mind it's find the magic within the mundane don't be attached to ideology be skeptical be skeptical it's good to be skeptical don't be overly trusting all the time with everything don't fall into everything you know of course open your heart but have an element of skepticism to everything open your ability to trust but be slightly skeptical don't take everything as gospel. Don't take every teaching as gospel. Find your own interpretation of it. Nature is probably one of the best teachers. Rather than anything else, nature will teach you the most. It will teach you the most about presence. It will teach you the most about life. Watching nature, watching trees change through the seasons, watching animals migrate, watching life, flora and fauna do its thing across the year, through the seasons, through their lives. They teach you the most by just watching, being still, walking, being aware. You know, you find this deep connection with the outside world. The shamans say we are living in a dream. And the idea is to wake up from this dream and realize 
that the dream is only a socially induced hallucination, which means it's a creation of the ego. Not only your personal ego, but by the collective ego. It's a narrative that has been created. And it's our journey to wake up from this narrative and find connection to love and relinquish attachment to the physicalness or the nature of accumulating. Letting it all go and noticing that we can prosper and we can be very deeply connected by not being attached. You know, the shamans also consider nature being one of the greatest teachers. And they say everything can be learnt in nature. Nature is in no hurry, but everything is accomplished. So, there's no race to become more connected. When you relinquish the attachment of the connectedness or the desire for becoming more enlightened or more connected or more spiritual, then you inherently become more of all these things. So, consider the magic of the mundane. Consider that there's no costume. Consider to be skeptical, but also trust. So balance between skepticism and trust. Consider that nature is our greatest teacher. Consider that the greatest gift and spiritual practice is laughter. Consider the relinquishment of attachment by waking up from the dream. Don't get stuck in ideology. Don't get stuck in a narrow way of looking at the world or a practice. Have broad vision. Don't have narrow vision because narrow vision is going to allow you to miss a lot of things. It's going to allow you to miss the magic which is not only in the love and light but also in the dark. Also in the things that induce fear. Walking the line between the yin and the yang is a beautiful way of encountering both light and dark in its divinity. So there's a couple of values that uh, spirituality underpins or the uh, cornerstones of spirituality. One is compassion. So feel. Compassion means I feel, I understand, and then I have the desire to make change or help. Empathy meaning I purely feel. An open heart is a big cornerstone value of spirituality, of noticing spirituality within yourself. Opening the heart to allow more love and connection, not only to yourself, but to others and to those around you, your family, your friends, your partner, your community, the world, through your service, through your work, through your art, through your expression. Open that heart and you'll be surprised how much that heart can open. It's infinite. It can keep opening more. Just when you thought your heart was open, you can fold and bend another layer. It can open up. You can pry it open and open and open and open and trust in that process that it will open more. And by opening your heart, you connect to your truth. Another cornerstone value of spirituality, connecting to one's truth, truth of your nature, truth that there is more than just the five senses involved in this experience of life. 
truth that we are deeply unique, magical beings that have beautiful gifts to share in this world and in this life. Truth that we cannot take what we accumulate in this world with us. Truth that at the final analysis, what is important? You know, that you lived with an open heart, that you showed compassion, that you could feel, and that you desired to ease some level of suffering in the world and spread some light and ease the darkness. And I would say this, you can only ease suffering if you understand suffering, which is why I always refer to things aren't only sacred, but you must also move into the darkness and into that which is taboo to understand it. If you don't understand what is dark, how can you heal that? Which is, which is what you don't understand. If you don't understand how a car engines work, how can you fix it, right? Say you're trying to fix life, but you only keep leaning into that which is love and light. And something that is dark is broken within you. How do you fix it? You must understand it. You must traverse the dark lands. You must walk into the cave where the dragon or the beast is guarding something that needs to be healed, right? And when you willingly and courageously walk into the cave of darkness and you confront the beast willingly with courage and you learn to love that beast, you learn to tame that beast. And the beast no longer becomes a beast. It just becomes another part of yourself that you've integrated. And what that beast or that so-called dragon was guarding, there's something magical behind there. Something magical that you can integrate now into yourself and you can bring it back to your community, your friends, to yourself. And you can share this wisdom because you've traversed that land. You can now heal from that. And then you can encourage and inspire others to heal from that. So this is the great beauty of moving through these values, you know, tending to your truth. Now, let us move into the five thieves. I told you at the very beginning of this podcast, this was something I learned as a child. So growing up in a Sufi and Sikh household where teachings like this were regular, we learned a lot of things, things that stuck with me and things that my parents still remind me every time I speak to them. So the five th thieves that steal love, life, common sense. One is called Kaam, which is lust. Two, Krod, which is wrath and anger. Lob, which is greed. Mo, which is attachment. And Ankar, which is excessive ego and pride. So these could be considered animalistic or mammalian tendencies. Things that are of lower vibration, that take away from our high vibrational selves. Things that imbue us with love, things that imbue us with connection, things that imbue us with trust and service. All the things that we consider as deeply spiritual that, that we just spoke about, right? So calm, which is lust. So lusting from an animal plus perspective, using animal instincts to constantly lust constantly desire, constantly want, craving. It's like that hang, 
hungry wolf in the cave that's hungry and thirsty for blood or thirsty for sex or thirsty just to hump something, right? Like this is calm, this is lust, this is an animalistic desire. Grod, which is wrath and anger, succumbing to the baseline level of emotion of anger, right? Which is a low vibrational emotion. You can feel anger, be aware of it, let it pass. Acting out of krod, acting out of anger and wrath is low vibrational and it's going to steal love, life, common sense connection from you. Lob, greed. You know, the more we try to accumulate in this lifetime physically, the more we take away from love, life, common sense and spirituality inherently, which is that connection to self, connection to all things. More, which is attachment. So when we're attached to people, when we're attached to ideas, ways of living, when we're attached to perception of ourselves, when we're attached to things we have collected, items, possessions, this once again steals, steals from us. It's a thief. So be aware of these. Unguard, excessive ego and excessive pride. Ego is important because it gives you a perception of self in this tangible reality. You know, you're not just a floating spirit in the air. You have a body that needs to be looked after. And you need to have some pride about how you look, right? You don't want to show up in the world, you know, dirty, unclean. These are important things. And there's some level of like pride and perception of self that is connected to this. I want to look good. You know, I want to be clean. You know, I want to show up in the world in a fashion that is conducive to living my highest service. So I take pride in that. I have an ego of my who I am. It's a perception of self from this, from this level of speaking that allows me to walk through reality. So ankar, excessive ego and pride, is a thief. It steals from you because when you fall too far down that rabbit hole, then you become very narcissistic or self-centered. You have too much pride which doesn't allow you to open up your heart, doesn't allow you to reach out, doesn't allow you to connect. It guards the heart. It doesn't open the heart. An excessive ego is you care too much about you and not enough about everything else, which is also you from a cosmic sense, but you're too self-centered. So letting go of that self-centeredness you know, finding a balance once again between all these things and noticing that these five thieves can rob you of spirituality, love, life, common sense and connection. And noticing that, you know, there's a lot of these five thieves, thieves lot, there's a lot of these five thieves in the spiritual realm of religion, corporate religion, science, even spiritual practices and enclaves and ashrams and all this. You know, there's lots of lust, lots of anger, lots of greed, lots of attachment, lots of excessive ego and pride. This is just a human condition. So when I say unwinding the seriousness of spirituality, you know, once again, the most spiritual things in this world are laughter, are magic of the mundane. No outward expression needed, no costume needed. No ideology needed. Great from learning 
they're all great for learning broadly like ideology lots of different practices you can do from a broad vision perspective broadly learn but find your own truth you know develop your awareness through practice and meditation is a beautiful practice just invite stillness nature is a beautiful practice laughter is a beautiful practice you know friendship connection partners one of the most spiritual endeavors you'll ever go on is deeply connecting with another human say in a relationship or a partner or a friend like going deep that's one of the most spiritual things you could you could ever do and you'll laugh heaps in it you know and when you have the awareness to know that the great nawal is moving through you the great universe god is moving through you even through the dark times you will stop and pause and laugh when you realize that the collective soup of reality is this beautiful dance between the highest highs, the lowest lows, the darkness, the light, the bliss, the fear, the chaos, you know, the vulnerability, all the things that make you feel insignificant and so significant at the same time. And when you see this soup in its totality, and maybe at the final analysis, when you realize that this is the elixir you're going to be drinking, and you have been drinking, you're going to chuckle because you're going to realize that, whoa, damn, all this, all this stuff that I cared so much about, I should have been laughing the whole way through. But that is the nature of the human existence. We don't laugh the whole way through. But the realization makes us laugh. (laughs) So with that, it ain't that serious, you know, you don't need to do anything serious to be that of a spirit. You don't need to be, you don't need to do anything serious to be that of spirit. Spirit is already there. Just be aware of it. Bring in a couple of practices, a few practices that invite spirit and the awareness of spirit and you will live that life of bliss, fulfillment and carry out your truth and your service. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, it's a beautiful journey and one that I've been on myself, you know, and I embrace both, not only the taboo, but the sacredness and the sacredness within the taboo, the sacredness within the profane, the sacredness within the love and the light, all the things, all aspects of humanity. What a beautiful journey this is, you know? And I'm so delighted that next to me, I've got a cup of tea, I've got some macadamias, I've got a fig, I've got an apricot, and I've got a piece of 85% dark chocolate. And I'm here speaking words into a microphone. They're going to travel throughout the cosmos and hopefully awaken people to the idea that spirituality ain't that serious and that you have all the tools you need right there with you. So use them and spread them and inspire other people to use them and to realize that they have them too so with these macadamias nuts and dried fruits i'm going to sign off and enjoy and laugh cosmically at myself and at this beautiful life that's in front of us and that i get to be this beautiful expression of me and uh, hopefully fulfill my service and hopefully connect to you guys out there and i want you guys to do the same inspire create dance sing you know, do all these things that inspire others, inspire yourself, that make you feel free, right, lay there 
and don't move and enjoy that moment of laying there. All these things, they're deeply spiritual. Wash the dishes with the beautiful curvature, curvature of each stroke. Sweep the floor like a dance. You know, wipe the windows clean like you're having the time of your life because there's magic in it all. Sending you guys all so much love and I'll catch you very soon. Don't forget to check out a uh, whole bunch of my workshops and retreats that are coming out very soon. Uh, there will be one in September, one in August. I can't wait to share it with you guys. You can find me on social media on Simbusfire and SimbusQuest.com. Lots of love. Signing out. Goodbye.